Welcome to the Swell Suite, everybody. This week on the podcast, we talk with Chelsea Erica Smith. She's the owner and chief photographer at Urban Bay Photography. And she's also the wine shutter on Instagram. Chelsea has a really interesting story. She's a Portland native, but recently moved to Nashville, Tennessee. And she made this move during the pandemic. And she discovered luxury hotels and guess what else? Taking pictures of wine. Here is her full story. But first, let's talk about some hot topics in wine. Guys, one of my favorite things to do is to drink my morning coffee and scroll through the drinks business website. It's like the shade room or like the TMZ of the wine world. Here's some hot tea. We got two topics in the X-Files. Actor Brad Pitt claims that his ex-wife, Angelina Jolie, contributed nothing to Chateau Miraval. Here's a little backstory. Angelina, who is now 46 and Brad Pitt, 58, bought this estate in 2008 for $28.4 million with the intent to bring up their children and family in the wine business. Well, the couple tied the knot in 2014, but ended up splitting up in 2019. For a time, the marriage between these A-listers portrayed the most idyllic in Hollywood. Chateau Mirval was even their site for their 2014 wedding. Since 2019, they've been battling custody for their six children and the winery. The lawyers of Brad Pitt argued that he built Miraval into a multi-million dollar international success story, claiming that Jolie contributed nothing. Pitt's lawyers say he was the driving force behind Miraval's success. Angelina's legal team has yet to respond. We'll see how that turns out, y'all. In other X-File news, actor Johnny Depp was spotted in a Varanasi restaurant celebrating his multi-million dollar victory over his ex-wife Amber Heard. So this is rumored, but it seems like Johnny is having a good time in this Indian restaurant, spending 50,000 pounds on champagne, cocktails, and curry dinners for him and 24 friends. Meanwhile, poor Amber, like literally poor Amber, was revealed to have a penchant for Spanish Reds during the trial. I know Amber's group chat is on fire. A rare bottle of Port Ellen whiskey made just for the queen was discovered under the stairs of the family home. Now, when they found this bottle, I'm not sure. But of course, the bidding coincided with the Platinum Jubilee celebrations. And it's at record bidding price. You know, someone had to taste this whiskey before the bidding started. So it was only given to a handful of recipients regarding the terms of its liquid quality and taste. According to collectors, this was incomparable. So I guess it was worth the cash. The previous record for whiskey was 72,000 pounds. Guys, that's $90,000 in the U.S. That's crazy. So this whiskey was sold for 84,000 pounds last night. That's $105,000. I'm reading this from the drinks business on uh, June 7th. Lastly, in cocktail news, could avocado be the new summer cocktail flavor? How much do y'all like avocado? Would you want to eat your drink? Well, Dustin Frank and Luca Simon, a pair of mixologists, have come up with a new cocktail recipe using avocado. They're calling it guacamolita. I hope I said that right. Guacamolita. It's guacamole and margarita blended together. According to the co-creator Dustin Frank, avocados bring a unique richness to a cocktail without making it too heavy because of their smooth texture and subtle flavor. 
An avocado cocktail may seem a little unusual, but if done right, you can use it to create beautiful drinks from the punchy to the more delicate. So the ingredients are also listed in this article. Um, I will list them really quickly. So it says tequila is first, but that's optional, I guess, if you want to make a mocktail. So tequila, lime juice, sugar syrup, avocado, three stems of coriander, eight drops of Tabasco sauce. Now, I didn't see that coming. One pinch of salt and ice cubes. So it has the instructions here. Um, I will post this on the Swirl Sweet. I will post the link to this article in the show notes, but I'll also post this on the Swirl Sweet Instagram so we can have a whole conversation about this. Listen, I can take one for the team. I will make this drink. I'll jump out there because I actually eat avocados every day. I eat one for breakfast. I've never had it in a drink. Wait, no, I'm lying. I've had it in smoothies before. Um, it didn't necessarily add too much. Um, you could taste it a little bit. And of course, it changes the texture of the smoothie. But anyway, I'm willing to make this just to see how it comes out. So follow me on Instagram at Vine Me Up. And then I'll also post it on the Swirl Sweet Podcast um, social media. Now, here is our interview with Chelsea Erica Smith. Cheers. Welcome to the Swirl Sweet, everybody. Hey, it's me and Glennis today. What's up, girl? Not much, not much, Mark. Man, podcast manager sounded all sexy on the mic. What's that? <laughs> How's oh my goodness. So where are you going next? That is my question. Where are you traveling to next? What month is this? This is June. Mm-hmm. So I'll be going on for Father's Day weekend. That weekend. Mm-hmm. I'm going down to Mount Pleasant, South Carolina. Okay. Um, it's bison on the aisle. So a lot of HU alum are going to do for Juneteenth, gonna do bison on the aisle. Right. So we're gonna do the Gullah tour, the Boone Plantation. And what you'll really like, we and we might have to get them on the podcast. Uh I'll I'll let you know after I taste everything. But there is a curated box that will be deli- that we can order that's going to be delivered to um, a hotel where you're either going to get that to meet Greek and it's going to be two curated cocktails in a box okay that can make two cocktails and it'll have a glass um, that commemorates the weekend so and it's a okay. cocktail so it's going to be a spirit um, okay something that relates to the South Carolina air. So I'm really excited about that. Oh, wow. And we're going to do a whole lot of other meeting and and some people playing golf and all this kind of stuff. So we're going to do some walk around tours and things like that. So, I mean, it just sounds like black excellence. That sounds awesome. Well, you know, the Mexico, we got to keep it up. Got to keep it up. <laughs> yeah, yep. I love so, it. I love it. So that's the next trip. Oh, that's awesome. Well, speaking of the South, our our guest today is also, well, she lives in the South. I don't think she's from the South, but she lives in Nashville, Tennessee. Oh, wow. Hey, welcome to the Swell Suite. Welcome, Chelsea. So do you play that guitar that's hanging behind you? You know I do. All right. right. (laughs) You can't live in Nashville if you don't at least pretend to play guitar, but I actually play guitar. Right, because oh, you're right. a songwriter too, I saw. Yes, so I play out, out in Nashville at Writer's Rounds about once a week, just, to, you know, for fun. That's so nice. That's so yeah. that's so Nashville. I just remember watching the show and everybody in Nashville, as you were correct, played yeah, something a couple or years ago, if you were to tell me, like, I'm in a band in 30, I would be like, you need to get a life, like, stop. <laughs> and now everyone I know is, like, 43 and, like, hanging on to the dream. 
Wow. You don't sound like you're from the South. No, I'm from Portland, Oregon. Okay. Oh. <laughs> I was like, she's not from Nashville. Yeah. I can listen to her. Wait. <laughs> so how did you get to Nashville from Portland? Right. So I grew up in the Northwest. I was born in Orange County in California. Then my family moved up and I just have always loved country music. I've always loved the South and, you know, it's a little warmer here. And then as soon as COVID hit Portland, just kind of fell apart. And I was like, I need to get out of here. So I packed my car, literally just drove across the country, 38 hours. And wow, so this signed was a recent. Lease. Yeah. About a year and a half ago, signed a lease without even seeing the place and just started over. And then huh. now everything's, you know, this is my life here. Wow. That background does not look like you just moved into. <laughs> yeah. You, it looks like you belong there, <laughs> in there for a minute. Exactly. <laughs> oh yeah. Actually, we just moved into this house like two months ago. Well, wow. no. And let's back up. There's a, we now you went yeah. from a to a, we, so you, you caught so it. Three months ago, it was me, myself, and I, and all I had to take care of was Chelsea. And then within one month's time, I went to taking care of a man, a dog, and two babies inside me. <gasps> You're having twins. Twins. You are you was working me. at Chelsea. So <laughs> wow. be careful what you wish time. for, because <laughs> you just might get it. <laughs> Girl, oh, you wow. have to, yeah, no, I tell us about that. I set, out, I set out on that reverse organ trail and I said, I'm gonna find myself a southern man, oh, lock well. it down. So I baby trapped him. Oh, whoops. well, well, all right. Oh, <laughs> yesterday, nice. yesterday, we were watching um, Architectural Digest on, and, and I was like, oh, yeah, totally baby trapped that guy. And he goes, <laughs> what's that? And I was like, oh, well, poor thing, don't even explain it. <laughs> double the baby trap. Yeah. <laughs> wow. So yeah, he, he can't go anywhere. Girls. They're going to be sassy girls. Girls too. Oh, you know you're having girls? Mm-hmm. Oh. Oh my god. Oh yeah. We just got these like little sunglasses. Oh. oh how adorable. I already have is a that? full closet for them. I'm oh, sure. how adorable. You yes. got to get them little miniature gu- guitars. I know. <laughs> so fun. Wow. <laughs> oh man wait wow okay so you are the wine shutter have so that means you what does that mean for you what is it you actually do yeah so the wine shutter started when the, the pandemic hit because I was like a wedding photographer and the wedding industry just got flipped on its side and I sure. was like okay this is literally my primary source of income so I went to my friend's um, well, he, he kind of runs the wine program at the boundary in Portland, Oregon, which is the private social club. And he let me get into some people's wine cellars, take out the wine, probably shouldn't have, and then take a bunch of pictures of this like super nice wine. Mm-hmm. So I got all creative and I started posting them and then I tagged all the wineries. And within a couple minutes, um, one of my favorite and still clients, double zero wines said, Hey, like I saw that picture, like how, you know, we'd love to work with you. And that started with my first kind of partnership with a winery. And I found, I mean, I reached out to hundreds of wineries trying to do photography for wineries. I realized really fast that wineries just don't have the money to compare with, um, what like a wedding pays. Yeah. It's just like, by the time you set up the whole shoot and do all this work and go pick up the wine and blah, blah, blah. It's like as much as I would, you know, do for a family photo shoot for one hour, it was just way too much work. 
So I started working with brands that were more like hospitality focused. So like hotels and restaurants. And I stayed in a couple that were still in wine country. And then in it developed to in the last year, I worked with 50 luxury hotels in 15 different States. So I've stayed just wide array of different partnerships with more hotels, but it's fun because then I get to really review the hotel and the stay and the accommodations, but also their wine and beverage or their beverage program, their food program, and, and actually, you know, see what, what it's like to stay there and have a more comprehensive experience in a city. Um, and the thing I realized too, is like, you don't always just want to be in wine country. So it's a little bit more broad to be able to stay at different hotels. So that's kind of how I ended up where I am today and like throwing my event and that kind of thing. But it really. So you kind of alluded, you mean, when, when you said throwing your event, what's your event? So about two years ago, I did a smaller gala. It was Oregon Boutique Wines. So there were eight wineries represented and it was still about 70 people, but it was just a one night thing. And it was just right when COVID tore down everything in Portland the next day. So it was very stressful, but really fun. We had really cute little boutique wineries represented, but this year I'm throwing, um, a way bigger scale, um, for Psalms from all over the world. And it's a little bit of what I think SomCon and some of those other bigger weekend getaway things, um, wanted to be, but it's staying very specific with luxury wines. Um, it's at a really nice hotel and it's, um, a little bit of Nashville. There's, there's a concert and then there's a little VIP dinner and then there's, um, four or five hours of panels. So we have authors, Psalms, restaurateurs, people that have, you know, started podcasts or, businesses and kind of done things that entrepreneurial way in the Psalm world, instead of just working at a restaurant. So it's kind of um, a place for them to get educated on something different than just what to do at a restaurant. So like, if they want to work with, you know, um, as a wine blogger, like, where do you start? How do you get views? How do you get deals? That kind of thing. So it's focused on the business side. And then there's also, um, later on in the day, a rooftop wine gala, and that's like very much red carpet, Met Gala, um, views of the city, um, formal, but it's a chance for everybody that's constantly pouring and working in the wine industry to actually enjoy and have the meal and pair and just, just sit and commune with other people that are doing amazing things instead of constantly be pouring. And, and it's not just about the wines, it's about the pairing and the community and the relationships and, um, and that kind of thing. So um, I'm really excited and it's going to be, it's gonna be super fun. So is it invitation only, or do people pay a subscribe, a, a fee? How do people find out about it? I guess. My- yeah. So I really wanted it to be everybody there, um, is providing value to, to the other people there. So there are a few like wine collectors and investors, but it's mainly Psalms who are doing something entrepreneurial. So it could be wine blogging or a podcast, whatever it is. Um, it's open to the public. If, as long as, you know, they feel like they'd find it valuable, they could buy a ticket, but I'm not doing big marketing pushes because I really pretty much everybody has been, um, found specifically and like invited, but, um, anybody can come as long as, you know, they, they feel like they're getting something out of it. I I don't think it makes sense for somebody who's not in the industry to learn all about, I mean, it's, it's going to be interesting because we have um, people talking about how to start a foundation, like Tahira, um, is going to be talking about how to start a foundation. We have, I I feel like I saw Tanisha on one of 
um, that you guys. She's know one Tanisha. of the co-hosts. She's okay, one of yeah. Co-hosts. So Tanisha is going to be speaking, and then we have um, another like ten psalms that are uh, speaking in some capacity, and um, just we have a winery owner. So we've we've got people from all over the map that are just going to be talking about like the business side, guys. I think so many people. Um, they're used to going to either like a big festival where it's kind of like speed dating for wines. And I'm just so against like going to a festival with 75,000 wines. Like, I'm just like, that's not an intentional, like that that's against like what I feel wine is supposed to be about bringing people together with culture and community and listening to the history and the, you know, what, what wine is supposed to be about versus let's just speed date through our wine. It's very cheap way that even, even if you're tasting nice wines, it's like, well, I don't remember the bottle. I just got it in a little, you know, quick pour. And, um, so this is one of those moments where you can actually sit next to somebody and be like, wow, I read your book or I, I read your blog. And how do you actually do this? Like, you know, and make genuine connections where you can turn to your left and say, Hey, let's start a restaurant together or turn to your right and say, let's go to France. Like those are the kinds of, um, conversations I want to overhear when I'm just walking around there. So nice. Excellent. That sounds really cool. That sounds really cool. So, um, so back to your photography, do you still do weddings or, um, do you mostly do hospitality and you have a blog behind all of these beautiful photographs now? Yeah. Yeah. It's great. I still do weddings, but I'm going from about 20 a year to like five a year. And it was a lot of traveling. So, um, I'll definitely be like doing less traveling, but it is fun because when I go to shoot a wedding, I can partner with like five hotels while I'm in that town and kind of play off both of them. Um, but yeah, as far as the, the hotels, it's, it's been a great way to travel, in a less expensive way and still stay in really nice places. And I think a lot of people are interested in like how to actually do that. And, um, I think they think that it's about having followers or they think it's about, you know, being in the pictures or doing reels or TikToks or whatever. And it really comes down to just an excellent pitch and providing so much value that the, you know, the brand would, the hotel would be like, there it would be stupid to turn this person away. So, um, that's how I, I can pretty much guarantee any city, as long as they have like at least 10 hotels, I can usually get three to agree. And it's, um, it's pretty fun, but it's definitely a lot of work. Like, you know, it's not, it's not like a vacation. You still have to really, you know, you're meeting the manager and then you're going through the hotel and then you're learning about things. And also, you know, you have to be respectful and you can't just trash the room and be rude. And, you know, you can't really like, you can't get drunk. Like you still ha- are kind of on it. But, um, but it's a, it's an interesting take because I think a lot of bloggers are used to being like, look at me, look at me in my cute outfit. And I, I like literally make fun of bloggers in my pitch. I'm like, that's so last decade. The last thing you need is like me in front of your sign being like, look, I stayed at the Ritz Carlton. Okay. Just to something that you said. So you said that it's it all relies on a really good pitch, which I find um, a very good segue into a lot of people don't know how to pitch. So do you have a background in marketing or um, how did you learn the art of pitching, so to speak? Yeah. So 
I recently finished writing a book on sales, pitching, freelancing, entrepreneurship. It's not published yet, but it's in the last round of, um, editing, but I actually wanted to finish this gala and put that as the last chapter. Mm -hmm. So I'm waiting. Um, I already went through one round of editing with a publisher or a publishing agent and all that, and then went back on it, but I actually started in financial sales. So I learned objection handling and, um, kind of that original hustle of generating leads. And I, I think doing that so young, I was like 22. I also learned to get over rejection really easily and, and cast a wider net. And I think the number one problem that people run into when they're looking to work with brands and wineries and deals is that they get set on one, they get set on like, Oh, well, I've always wanted to stay at the black Walnut Inn, And they're like, I just have always seen that. And for me, it's like, I go in, I look at the top 20 hotels and I send the same meal to every single one. And I'm like, what's God's plan for this? Like, I just let it open, open up the door. And I just, then I can, I can be the one who chooses like, oh yeah. Like out of these four ones that said, yes, I can kind of, I like this one better, but it, it allows me to just cast a wider net and, you know, not get let down. Cause I think the number one, um, you know, when you are selling and pitching, you're not going to have every single one be a yes. And the first thing you have to do is just be emotionally strong enough to hear no's and come back from it. So, um, so that was kind of my first experience in, in working in financial sales. And then also just starting small businesses with photography, you're just reaching out and doing so many things. And you realize that, um, pitching, you're always pitching. Like there's, there's, even if you're doing something like a styled shoot and photography, I've set up these bridal styled shoots. Well, that means I'm reaching out to 10, um, bridal shops and with the same pitch saying, Hey, I'd love to use some of your dresses. You guys get the pictures. And then I'm reaching out to 10 hair and makeup people. Hey, I'd love to trade with you for photos. And then there you're saying, Hey, do you guys know anyone who, and there's just this whole long train. And then by the end of it, you end up having all these great connections in that city. And the styled bridal shoot actually becomes this like list of people that you've done something and engaged with them. And then now they want to introduce you to their friends that are engaged. And now you shot a wedding. So it's, it's like, I think people think that pitching is just one email, but I think it really is like building more of a web and a network and then continuously realizing that it's not like you just did it once and you're done. Like you, I send pitch emails three hours every day. Wow. Wow. DMS are pitch emails or DMS. Um, when I found out I was pregnant, I sent about 150 or 200 DMS and I, within two weeks established 36 partnerships. Hmm. So some of them are paid, some of them are products, but I mean, some of these are like $700 cribs, um, $700 recliners, pretty much everything that, you know, people can come to my baby shower and they can just like buy whatever they want because I already got everything I wanted in the mail. So I have have a quick question. Do you think that, I don't want to say easier, but do you find it, um, less challenging to pitch because you have something visual versus a service? Yeah, I think, I think that, um, in terms of like comparing myself to other bloggers, my pitch in that world is I'm providing them 500 edited photos as more as a photographer. And I just say, Hey, the Instagram post and stuff is just a perk. And so they're, they're seeing it as like, Oh, wow. Like instead of a photographer and having to hire like all the models and all the stuff, we'll just find, we'll just get this girl. It'll be more authentic and more lifestyle. And, um, 
you know, then they have a little more creativity and that kind of thing behind it. Um, yeah, I don't know. Nice. Cool. Thank you for sharing that. We appreciate that. Exactly. Because the reason why I asked that question is because um, the pitch concern comes up quite, used to come up quite often at the bloggers conference and when, excuse me, and talking with other um, wine bloggers. So that was some great information. I appreciate Mm -hmm. it. Thank you. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that, um, once you just start thinking about like, how can I just list off every single value that I'll be giving them and do it really clearly. Um, I always try to make like, here are the deliverables. I have the things that I get and I have the things they get. And their list is like five or 10 things. And my mm-hmm. list is like two things. Like I only need gotcha. yeah. three nights stay and $450 of food credit. And then you'll get, you'll get this and this and this and this and this, you know, or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I think so many people are like, I'm so great. I have followers. I've been da, 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 da. and they're like, we don't care. Like what, you know, what are you actually going to do for us? Because if, if a brand was to truly just ask me like, oh, okay, how many views do your blogs get? I'd be like, truthfully, 90% of the views come from other hotels looking to see if I'm legit. Mm. <laughs> like there, it's not like there's, I mean, there's a couple people that might go to my blog and be like, Oh, like what, like I'm look interested in finding a trip and they can see all like 75 places and just kind of look and get inspired, but it's not like someone's going to go book a ticket and go to that place. Um, and I, even with bloggers that have a million followers, like how many people are actually going and booking those places versus just love being in love with the dream. What mm-hmm. I'm giving them is something usable Tangible. that they can go put on a poster they can use for their own social media. I mean, they don't need my exposure and my, you know, blog, they just, they're getting all these photos. So Mm -hmm. yeah, no, that makes perfect sense. That makes a lot of sense. Definitely. Cool. So, um, the second part of our show is a little fun. And since you live in Nashville, we just have a couple of Nashville questions for you. Yes. Okay. It's a hot, it's a hot topic, you know, everybody's moving to Nashville and I always see Nashville on the food network. So yes. Yeah. Yes. The thing. All right. So first question, where do you get your hot chicken? So I'm going to say that the classic is Hattie B's. Have you guys been to Nashville? I've never been to Nashville. So I don't know. Hattie Hattie B's hot chicken um, is definitely classic. You can go sit in the cute red truck outside and get your Instagram picture. And it's, it's, you know, it's a fast, it's not like it's not quite fast food, but it's not quite like a sit down restaurant. Like, I don't know if I would like have my birthday party there, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, but there's also, um, there's so many great places too, that, um, they always have it on the menu somewhere. So, but yeah. All right. What's your favorite wine bar in Nashville? So when I was drinking wine, by the way, (laughs) since I, since I've been pregnant, I've lost 27 pounds. Oh, nice. And that's from not drinking. (laughs) (laughs) So I was a frequenter at the Barcelona wine bar, which I've heard is a chain and there's like four or five of them, but I have one, my absolute favorite because it's just, I feel like there are some good places in Nashville to get wine, but they're like steakhouses where you don't really want to just go chill on a Tuesday at 2 PM. And so that's definitely, um, a good one. Um, and I love the staff and they have great food. I, I always, you know, try to stay away from wine bars that have like just 
just crackers or something like that. It's um, tough. Yeah. Yeah. Right. So, so if I'm not going to like a nicer restaurant to get a really good glass of wine, Barcelona wine bar, there's a, there's a couple other little ones in town, but, um, but that's my favorite. All right. Um, best spot for barbecue. Best, the best spot for barbecue, you know, I would say I've, I really like places like there's, there's a couple spots on 12 South, which is, um, kind of where you can go to little shops and that kind of thing up and down the block. And there's a couple little barbecue joints there. Um, I can't remember the name, but, um, Honestly, I think what I love about Nashville is that everywhere you go, they know people are looking for like some chicken or some barbecue. And so they have like something on the menu. So I actually feel like you can get something almost anywhere you go, which is what I love. Um, but other than that, yeah, I'd say like like anywhere that has like more of an, um, a community, like kids feel. Okay. All right. Um, are you a whiskey drinker? Yeah. Love whiskey. All right. What is your favorite whiskey? My favorite whiskey. So my favorite type of whiskey is Japanese whiskey. Uh-huh. Okay. That's so expensive. <laughs> it's expensive, but it's so good in Portland. We have the Multnomah whiskey library and it's oh got my. like over a thousand whiskeys and they have these professionals that come out in these like cute little like butcher kind of outfits. And it looks like a Harry Potter scene inside. <laughs> and you, it's like, you can't make a reservation unless you get a table for $500 or something crazy. So you have to like go and like, see if there's like possibility to get in. And then it's kind of like, you know, it's kind of like a speakeasy. Cause there's like a little front thing and you go up the stairs and there's a wall, the size of Texas with whiskeys just from top to bottom. What is the name and of this place again? The Multnomah whiskey library in okay. Portland, Oregon. It's just right Got downtown. You. And so that's, that's definitely, and they have like whiskey flights, they have steak, they have everything you could ever think of. And, um, yeah, so that's definitely my favorite place to get whiskey. I love Japanese whiskey. I also like, um, just a good Jack and diet. Okay. <laughs> have you had uncle nearest? What? Have you had uncle nearest? Mm-mm. It's there mm-hmm. in yeah. at about, it's about an hour and a half from Nashville. It has the first black um, whiskey uh, maker, uh, blender on the property. She's the granddaughter of Uncle Dears who taught Jack Daniels how to make whiskey. So it's right there. Okay. So it's Uncle Dears 1884. They had um, a master blend. And um, what was the other one? That... 18 or the 1920 I can't get I, and I might have to lean on the shield here and get somebody who lives very close by to go That's up awesome. to the um the property to get it from them directly but Uncle Nearest because you went to Nashville last year was it last year I went to the Uncle Nearest um yeah. uh, distillery yes yes yes, yes, yes. I went to yeah. the Uncle Nearest distillery and when we finish the podcast I'll get a couple of the bottles and show you the mm-hmm. brand but yeah. It's a it's a, a lot of history behind the actual um brand itself. So yeah. and they That's haven't awesome. been around that long. You talk about branding and doing what they do. Whoever that is, they did an excellent job because yeah. they're in every market in every state and yeah. they haven't wow. been around that long. And it That's does awesome. not happen like that for spirits. Wow, yeah, that's yeah. really cool. I know a couple local whiskey. Um, I know, uh, guidance whiskey 
um, Jason who, who runs that. And then, uh, uh, Nelson's Greenbrier is another one that the locals live in town and, and have kind of a cool influence in the songwriter community. But, um, yeah, I mean, I can't wait literally the day these girls come out, I am <laughs> signing myself up to take the booze cruise. Yeah. Y'all gonna need it. <laughs> I'm going to pull it up and tell you the town, but go ahead. Okay. Just one more question. Last question for you. As an expected mom, <clears throat> what do you crave the most? And is there a certain place in Nashville that you have to get it? Okay. Well, I feel like I don't, I am not like Miss Patriotic most of the time, but for some reason, just good, cold American, basic, like cheeseburgers, hot dogs, <laughs> like pizza. I mean, junk food, like I'll go to McDonald's. Like it's, and I have lost all this weight too. And it's like still eating this, like, um, definitely just like kind of the basic, almost like a barbecue food. That is, okay. that is like the best food. Um, I can't have too many like fizzy things, but oh, it's okay. more like stuff I can't eat yet. I, I'm not quite to the like hunger craving cravings yet. Cause I've just been like, not able to eat a ton of food yet. So, oh, okay. um, but I mean, I think the best places in Nashville, like daytime, um, to like, go get your work done and eat, eat some good snacks and coffee, frothy monkey. If you ever come to Nashville and need to get like some work done with Peter frothy monkey. And then, um, I love the Virgin hotels area just to like bar area. Cause you can just sit on your computer and eat and they'll make you drinks and, um, they've got food and that kind of thing. I like to go out and work. So as pretty gotcha. as this background is. Yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. Well, uh, before we go, please tell everybody where they can follow you. If you have a website for your event, please tell us about that. Throw it out there. Yeah, absolutely. So you can find me at the wine shutter shutter as in like a camera shutter. Um, and elevate gala. If you want to come to the event, um, we'll set up a discount of $500 discount. If you just do swirl suite. So anybody, any of your, um, listeners who want to come, they can get $500 off. If they just use the code swirl suite and that's at elevate gala. You can just go to register and come join us for elevate. And other than that, um, if you want to see more of the pregnancy journey, that's at Chelsea, Erica Smith. And that's kind of my biggest account. And that's just fun goofy personal stuff. So awesome. Excellent. 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 Uncle Nears is located in Shelbyville, Tennessee. Okay. So it's about an hour and a half from you. Okay. Awesome. Well, I'll put that on the list for 2023 when I can drink, drink, drink. Oh, yeah. Because <laughs> yeah. you get to taste the flight of who, and I'm not a whiskey drinker. So it was like, oh my God, I'm going to be drunk. I'm gonna be jumping, taste this, cause you swirl. Uh, not, I definitely can't swallow, and I'm not swirling this in my mouth. So, I pass it on to some of the whiskey drinkers. I but love it. it. But I bought some bottles anyway, just to say I have them. Yeah, you got to put it on your shelf anyway. Yeah. Oh yeah. 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 I just need to fi- finish the trio because I need to find the 1820 because they they sell. Did out. you did you check chats? Yeah. Yeah everywhere yeah they okay. they sell out i bet they, from what i hear the line runs down the um the, their property when they oh, make a wow. batch 
So it never, literally never gets in the eighteen twenty. Never gets off the property. Oh, so they don't even have to distribute it. Got it. Okay. Mm-mm. They don't have to I distribute. Got it. Wow. Yeah. Well, so th- cool. Thank you so much again, Chelsea, for joining us. Yeah. Yes. Thank you so much. It was fun. I wish I could drink a glass of wine with you guys. <laughs> well, we'll, we'll, we'll have that for you. Yeah. I'm having this great Rome varietal. Oh, nice. Uh-huh. It was some Amazing. one that got sent. Oh, one of the, the, oh, the Rome Valley. Oh, yeah. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Oh, the Rome. So it's, yeah. it's so good. Oh, my gosh. So that's why I was wondering, like, when are we going to have this? Because I got to save a bottle. Well, they, well, they sent us three bottles, right? Yeah. 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 <laughs> we got time to drink one and save one for later. So, Chelsea, yeah. do you have a... Thanks for joining the Swirl Suite. We hope you enjoyed this episode. Don't forget to hit that subscribe button, leave us five stars, and leave us a comment. We love ratings. Also, be sure to follow all of us on social media. Myself at Vine Me Up, Glennis at Vino Noir, Girl Meets Glass is Tanisha, Vino 301 is Leslie, and you can follow the Swirl Suite podcast account at Swirl Suite. The Swirl Suite is now a part of the Alive Podcast Network. This episode has been edited and produced by Vime Up Media.